0: Three grown men who care way more than they should. Glenn Clark. Glenn, no way. I'm sorry, Aaron. Did Alicia Fox call you the man beast? AJ Francis. And of course,
1: everyone boos Roman Reigns, even though he puts on the best match of the night.
2: Aaron Oster. Guys, look. There was that one time. Oh, jeez, (sighs) Aaron.
1: You're the worst. You are the worst. This is Jobbing Out.
3: What's, What's, up? Up? What's up? What's
0: up? I was trying to delay it to see if I could do it with you guys, but uh, What's up? it didn't work out What's quite up? quite as well as I had hoped. What's up? Yeah, uh, you can What's just up? keep going with it. I'm good. Oh, is that it? Is that the end of it? Welcome in. Oh man, welcome in. It's it's good to have him back. I believe, honest to God, I mean that. It's good to have him back, and I don't normally say that whenever AJ returns. <laughs> Uh, it is jobbing out. I, you know what? I did it again. I didn't think of an episode number for this week. Son of a bitch. Um, we'll just call it episode number a half because I didn't come up with anything. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone. And he is...
1: The main event. Vent. 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 Vent.
0: Mm-hmm. Vent. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. He's back. Uh, we missed him last week as he was getting uh, training camp underway, but we uh, we 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 did a little scheduling uh, switch up this week so we could have him with us in the throes of New York Giants training camp. Uh, AJ, it is, it is good to have you back. Uh, I see that, of course, not only are you in the middle of camp, but as always, everybody's writing uh, all of their mm-hmm. front-page mm-hmm. stories about you because that's just – I believe you're going to tell me that's why you're the main event.
1: I mean – did you have any doubts?
0: Yeah, I, I I, just all of a sudden I said, oh, that's funny. That's funny. Of course. Of course, one week in into training camp and there's already like two major feature stories that have been written about AJ up in New York. Of course there have.
1: Because I'm the main event.
0: I mean, <laughs>
1: I'm also going to go to NXT in Brooklyn.
2: Of course you are. Of
1: and, course. And I'm also... So trying to finagle a way to go to SummerSlam. It depends on what our schedule is
2: that night. Well, we talked when you signed with New York. We immediately said you were doing that so you could be there SummerSlam weekend. We yeah, called this we, a while ago. I, I, well, I think we also said it was. I, I
0: think we said it was more about WrestleMania that that you were going to figure out a way to actually end up somehow on the card at your own home state. That
1: would be a great way to to cap off
0: winning a Super Bowl. For it would sure. be. A, it would be a wonderful way to go about doing it, wouldn't it be? It'd be a wonderful way. All right. Well, if uh, you haven't read it yet, um, there's a bunch of places, including the, uh, the record, com, a great feature about uh, AJ that uh, was written this week. And I think I saw something in Forbes as well, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, 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 I'm just a really big deal. I really don't know, know what... what like,
0: do. By the way, I love your bit now when people call you stupid. I love when <laughs> when this is... You know, like, you have told me before that you, my favorite, your favorite bit that I do was never lose ever, which sadly rests in peace now because the Orioles only lose and will probably be losing for a very, very long time. So you will yeah. not be seeing me say never lose ever again. I don't know, until I'm about 50 years old, maybe. Um, but this is definitely my new favorite bit from you, is what you do when someone tries to portray you as a stupid athlete.
1: Yeah, because people think that I'm – because people don't even have – the common decency to do a ten-second Google search,
0: right in, right? in
1: which, in which they could just come across my Wikipedia page and find out how factually inaccurate their claims are.
0: Uh, so remind everybody of all of the many uh, qualifications that you have.
1: Okay, well, I um, graduated from the University of Maryland yes. in three and a
0: half years. Yes. Um, with a bachelor's.
1: Hey, in, in, in fairness, p-
0: I went to the University of Maryland for about six years and didn't graduate. So <laughs> top that. <laughs>
1: Um I uh got a uh masters in public policy oh. from the University of Maryland while still playing in the NFL. Oh but
0: hang on a second I'm pretty sure they just give those away I'm pretty I mean, sure that like I mean, if if Aaron just called over today they'd be like oh right. yeah you could have a masters in public if, policy If
1: I'm if I'm being honest the the class for quantitative statistics everyone except like two people failed and he just curved it so that the lowest grade was a C, and I had the second lowest grade hey, in the look, class. Hey, if, look! If you <laughs> write the <laughs> curve, writing the curve counts. It absolutely counts. All right, I got a I got a C plus. or no, I got a B minus in that class that I absolutely did not deserve because I think I got like a thirty five percent. But <laughs> but thanks to everyone else in that class, like it was literally like one guy had like an eighty eight, one girl had like a seventy four, and then literally everyone else had less than sixty.
2: That's very funny That's I feel like that funny. happened in the stats class I had to take in undergrad too Like I feel just stats classes, they're jerks and they just end up curving everything
1: Yeah, I'm always a big fan of the curve.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I like
0: curves uh, always I'm always a big fan of curves In fact, it's the gym that I work out at um, <laughs> Nice We got that going for us Alright, well it's good to have you this week I know we can't keep you for the entire show Because you gotta get up again tomorrow and go practice Or whatever the hell it is that you guys do for a month um, but let's <laughs> let's dive into it. Later on in the program, we're going to chat with Priscilla Kelly. She's going to be part of the May Young Classic. Excited about that. She is just twenty-one. She's been wrestling for three years, and yet she is doing way more than any of us. Well, maybe not AJ. The re- the others of I us. I don't know.
2: I think I, I think she might even top AJ. You might, you might be right. At about
1: twenty that at twenty-one, she has she's definitely probably made more money than me. <laughs> That's
0: probably true, right? That's probably true. Yep. Well, it's good though because nobody was making any money off of you. So yeah, yeah right. At least that was well deserved. Uh, But we'll talk to uh, Priscilla a little bit later on in the program. Let's dive in, do the goings-on of the past week. We will also share some reflections about the passing of uh, Nikolai Volkov and the sad week in wrestling in general. We'll do that a little bit later on in the show. But as far as the week that was in pro wrestling, Brock Lesnar was back. Um, Barely, but he was back. Um, He did show. Provided the
2: great meme. He did.
0: They're
1: doing a really good job of making... People actually hate
0: Brock Lesnar. AJ, this was, and I'm, I have no doubt that you did not listen to the show from last week, and don't not blame at you. All. Yeah, knew that was the case. Um, I, Aaron, and I actually ended up having a little bit of of a bit a back and forth about this. I, I am of the belief that they're doing such a good job with this that it's not going to be if the plan still is to have Roman go over at SummerSlam. I think they're going to end up getting. Even with a smart crowd, a mild reaction. I don't think they're going to get a scene of over-the-top booing. If Roman do wins, that
2: at all. I okay. All right. So well, you're and actually, what well, the the talk we had was about during the match. I was specifically saying during the match you're getting the same bro, mania you're reaction. Gonna,
1: yeah, you're going to get people that paid money to ruin the
0: biggest match. Okay, all night. right. That's a different thing. I and I said, I look. What what you get from that, you get from that. I think when Roman wins, I don't think you're going to get an arena full of people that are standing and cheering. But I don't think you're going to get the nuclear reaction that you would have gotten at some places in the past because of how well they've done of positioning Brock Lesnar as a heel.
1: And I don't agree with that because it's SummerSlam in Brooklyn.
0: Okay, and that's then you're on Aaron's side with this because that was how he felt. That was how he felt. Look, I and I, I think
1: that. But let me let me also say that I think anyone that boos in that situation is an
0: absolute well, and, asshole and, and, uh, and should be burned. Stunner, at the stake. I can't believe that you feel that way. That's so <laughs> off brand for you.
1: That's so. I, weird. I, I, re- I would really prefer they all go the way of Joan of Arc, but unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> that is that yeah, is pull. not possible. So they'll just be in the crowd the entire time.
0: Um yeah, okay. All right. Uh fair enough. I I would have gone for something like I wish they would go the way of movie pass and die. Um but no, I hear you. I hear you. I just I don't know what it is. I think they've done an exceptional job of positioning Brock as the evil and in a way, not again, not going to make everybody love Roman, but at, even for the smarks being a lesser of evils. Um being a well, he might not be the guy that we want, but we want the belt to be on raw the next night. We want to see the champion show up sometimes. Um, and I think that it's not the first time they've tried doing it, but I think they're doing it do- with more success this time around. And yes, this week was particularly interesting
2: because of what they did with Paul Heyman. Um, And well, it was, uh, b- before we get into that, I think it was also interesting just because they picked the perfect city to do that in, in Miami, the the one real big city in America where you're not going to get the smart crowd. And you got, Roman chance at the end of the night. Yes, you did.
0: Yeah. And I, that's what I, I, I think. And again, I get it. I understand there's going to be smarks. So I get that. I totally get it. But I still think that there's going to be enough of a, at least it's not Brock. Anyway, um, the Paul Heyman thing I think was perfect because in a way there have been many times where we've said our favorite part of Raw is when Paul Heyman comes out and cut a promo Uh, because he's so good. He's so effing good at what he does that no matter how you feel about Brock Lesnar, no no matter how you feel about Roman Reigns, no matter how you feel about anyone, you're going to enjoy the Paul Heyman portion of the program. And I don't think that this, what happened this week, is going to lead to Paul Heyman suddenly not being at Brock Lesnar's side or quitting Brock Lesnar or something like that. But I do think that it's going to further present... I don't know, Brock Lesnar is being evil in this situation, as Brock Lesnar is being a true honest to God heel, which in fairness is what
2: Brock I mean, Lesnar is. He did should say
1: be. he wanted to stake medium well.
2: Right, that is true. It doesn't get much worse than that that that's healed though someone did have a good explanation from it after after having a diverticulitis, maybe you can only eat medium might also uh, be true. well might also be true. that might be a fact as well,
1: yeah, I think I don't give a shit, bro. if you eat a steak. oh, past, I agree. if you eat a steak past medium if if you have to order anything past medium I don't trust Here's
0: you. Here's a question. Person. What if, say, for example, hypothetically, you ate your steak well done with ketchup what if, I mean just, <laughs> I could be talking about anybody at all you
1: would be. You would be probably
0: most black people in America, (laughs) but... Well, ironic then. (laughs) Very ironic who it is that we're referring to. Very, very ironic. Bro,
1: when I I first started, when you
0: eat, if you go, like,
1: I get medium rare or medium, depending on the place I'm at, whether Mm. I trust the chef or not. And, uh, like, when you get, when someone around me orders, like, anything other than medium... I immediately don't respect
0: them. Well, nor should you. <laughs> As should a you, right? Correct. The hell are you doing with your life? Um, yeah, obviously. If you don't know, I was referring to the uh, the president is the man who eats <laughs> yes. his steak uh, well done with ketchup yes. because that's a totally normal thing that a reasonable human being would do. No, that's that's the thing that told... that's the
1: thing that a child or an adult psychopath.
0: Oh, well, I can't. Mm-hmm. Or both. I mean, um, so, I mean, yeah, right. Or both. Um, anyway, back to it. I thought it was brilliant. I thought what they did on Monday was great. Um, I thought it was tremendous. There's a small problem that we'll get back to in a second, but, um, as far as how they positioned Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar, I, I thought that was really, really good in continuing to try to position Brock Lesnar as a, as a turbo heel.
2: Look, you say that you don't think it's positioning Heyman to separate from Brock and it may not end up being that oh, way, I'm not saying it's but they've in... certainly painted a picture where but, uh, oh, he can now right. show up when Brock's gone. He can walk out on Brock at SummerSlam. Right. And I want to make that and, clear. What I said was,
0: I think that on Monday night, Paul Heyman will still work with Brock Lesnar. I don't think that this is an immediate separation between the two of them. Oh, no, no, but no. Yes, it, it's a
2: separation. It would be a SummerSlam set-
0: separation. Absolutely. I think they could position Brock Lesnar, or, or more importantly, position Paul Heyman to walk away from Brock Lesnar and who knows, maybe join forces with Roman Reigns, which would actually be great. I'd love that because I don't know that the crowd would have any effing clue what to do if Roman Baseball Reigns-
2: Face Heyman with Roman Reigns.
0: I, what do you do? <laughs> what do you do at that point? If you're someone who- You hates, cheer Roman Reigns. <laughs> I, I, it's In a bizarro world, that might be exactly what they do. That might be exactly <laughs> what you do. Um- I don't I don't know but I know I'm with you that long term that could be you know or not long term but in the not so distant future I just don't think that that's something they're setting up for next week
2: no no I don't think I think you might see a question you might you know continue to start painting that picture but no 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 he's if Brock is showing up again between now and SummerSlam he's doing it with Heyman at his side
0: AJ if they were going to go a different direction with Paul Heyman where would you want to see them go with him the authors of pain okay it's a pretty good one. Makes it's a, sense. It's a yeah. pretty good one.
2: Um, obviously, I was I was going to say, like, maybe start, create a new dangerous alliance, and I, I thought Drew and Dolph would be perfect for that role. That
0: would be great, too. But, they, but they're already such great mouthpieces. I,
2: no, but that's why I'm saying it, it would have to be a bigger one. Like, you don't need it directly for him, but if it's, let's say it's Drew, Dolph, and The Revival with Paul Heyman... As the manager, yeah, there. but like
0: I, Drew's the only one in there that isn't. Gr- I mean, and Drew's fine on the mic, right? Like he's not a bad. The revival's
2: promo. not great on the
0: mic. they they're, they're fine. I but... think when they get the opportunity, they're pretty. They no, just don't... no,
1: they're great on the mic. Yeah. The problem is they're great on the mic as people who can talk shit about things that they've done, like they did in NXT, but they haven't done shit on Raw. That's, so it kind of mutes what they're saying.
0: That's okay. That's not like, unfair. you can't say
1: you're the, t- like they're saying they're calling themselves the top guys that fucking worked on NXT because they were and they have been anything but since they've been on Raw. You know what I'm
0: saying? I think yeah. to, by the way, to me, I think the answer is Bobby Lashley just for the record. I think that he's, works. Yeah. I think he's the guy that, and I, you know, I've come to like Bob. I've, I, you know, it's funny because when Bobby first came back, I was sort of like, Oh, okay. Bobby Lashley's back. But I, I don't know. I, I, I'm reminded of of how much he's capable of and and how fucking great he looks. Like jeez, I totally
2: understand why Vince McMahon is in love with him. I completely just, get it. And like, giving him giving him Paul uh, Heyman means he doesn't have to talk. And, and we don't have to be a reminded of how since, he sounds. So I will
1: or, say this. Since Bobby Lashley came back, um like I've watched I've just happened to watch Raw with like a few random people in that time. And every single time Bobby Lashley came out, somebody always said something around the nature of, "Yo, who the fuck is that right. big, swole dude? Mm-hmm. Yo, how is he not the champ?" I'm
0: that's like, dude, and that's the thing. Like you forget just how every time he comes out, you're like, dude, that that guy looks different than anybody I've ever seen. That, ever in my life. Right, that guy looks like something I couldn't imagine a human being looking like. And he's forty. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's not, and it's not just that he's muscular. It's that he looks like a million fucking dollars, right? Yes. Like he's got natural good looks to go with the fact that he's the most ripped motherfucker you've ever seen on on the face of and the planet. And
1: he's a fucking, and he's not just a big, swole dude for no reason. He's an
0: athlete, right? Exactly, that yes. can move. Right, right. He's no, oh, no, no. He's fluid. Like he's legitimately fluid. It's, it's crazy. And so that's the guy. Like if you were going to point Paul Heyman in another direction, I would most want it to be with Bobby Lashley. That would be the direction that I would want him to go cuz I think that Bobby Danger
1: oh, How about Dangerous Alliance? Bobby Lashley. Um Bobby Lashley. And and, and- the and- au- the authors of Oh him. yeah.
0: Yeah, you're speaking my language now. You're speaking my language right <laughs> now. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that- <laughs> May- and maybe Finn Balor. ugh uh, I mean, I look. It's not a bad. I'm not saying it's a bad idea. It's not. If you just leave it at Bobby Lashley and the Authors of Pain, we're good. We got something there. We're cooking. That works
2: for me. That How would about be, Lashley, Authors of Pain, and Bobby Roode? Ooh, that would be very unique.
0: That would be a very unique. I mean, you'd have to do a little work in order to make it happen, but
2: um, they they all have their specific role in the group.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm not opposed to it. I, that's and it's somebody that could use it, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Um or is it crazy to say that Mojo would be i was going to say it, saying, yep, yep, right, right like say it, yep. when you think about it I actually think that Mojo would kind of work perfectly in that I, group
2: I I think the pr- only I mean the only problem is if you're thinking you know Mojo as kind of the asker that they're trying to sort of portray him, you have that in Bobby that, I, that's I the I only understand, reason why I hesitate but,
0: but Mojo could do Bobby's work for him
2: you right. know what I mean? Like you, you you'd, you'd have to tone, You'd have to use Bobby a little differently than Heyman points. Bobby kills.
0: Right. I agree. I think that that in that situation, I, look, Bobby Lashley does not need a henchman, but you would still have him have a henchman anyway. Oh, you right? you have yeah.
2: him as the final boss. Right. Correct.
0: Um, I love it. I'm all. I'm on board. It would all be wonderful. And sign me up for all of it. Um, to the issue. Uh, the issue is that Braun Strowman was there. And the way they promised. set the way they set things up, I thought for sure what was going to happen at the end of the final segment, or maybe not the end end, but during the final segment, was that Braun Strowman was going to come out and Kevin Owens was going to like sacrifice himself in order to prevent Braun Strowman from being able to cash in. I thought with certainty that was how that was going to play out. That with roman out of the picture it was it was a situation where braun Strowman had to come out like he had to come out based on what he had said before the moment you're here i'm coming out and that the reason why you addressed what you addressed earlier with kevin owens was this is simple kevin owens knows he's not guaranteed his match so he's got to protect himself and if that means that he goes and he gets the ever-living shit beat out of him once again by braun Strowman. That's fine. He did what he had to do in order to protect his own opportunity. I can't believe that that didn't play out. I cannot believe that they set things up the way that they set things up, and yet Braun Strowman didn't show up when Brock Lesnar was there. I- I'm befuddled by the fact that it worked out that way.
1: Well, and that's what I said from the beginning. I said, if he doesn't come out when Brock Lesnar's there, Braun Strowman's a bitch. Uh,
2: Yeah,
0: that's
2: the the thing. They are fucking this up. Like, this is a problem. And it's an easily solvable problem, by the way. All they had to do was, when Kevin Owens complained, you have Stephanie say, the contract is frozen right now until you have that match. Everything is solved. Right. Or do the thing that I said, which would have been right. great. Or, or that. But yeah. I think it's even a simpler way to do that. One line of dialogue and everything right. is solved. Right. And they didn't do it. I, I'm, I'm – It's I prob- have, this is a problem with bronze
0: character right now. I have no idea what to make of of what their thought process is. Now, look, they, they can address it obviously this next Monday, and I have no doubt that they, they will um, because they addressed the issue of, again, setting it up perfectly. But they just didn't do anything with it. Um they have to address it. Braun has to give some sort of reason. Like they they've got to come up with something as why Braun would not have come out when Brock Lesnar was there. You cannot say as soon as you're here I'm coming out the cash in and then not have him. I mean it's insane that they would do it that way, especially when he knows that his briefcase is at risk. Especially when he knows, he, and and you can say that he's, he's Braun Strowman, he's confident he's going to beat Kevin Owens, and that's all well and good, and that should be part of what you have him say, but you have to have him give some sort of explanation as to why he didn't show up on Monday nights.
1: I just, I just, Brock Lesnar is the perfect person for the cash-in to be on, like, during the match, and that's how Roman gets screwed.
2: Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I, I painted the, I painted the picture last week that before the match, like as they're doing the introductions, that's when he cashes in to get in on the match. But yes,
0: that would be dumb. I think. Um, I think it's dumb. No, I said no, this last no, no. week.
1: Not, not like, like uh, that wouldn't be dumb. Like that would be fucking awesome. But no, dumb. no, I think it's dumb. <laughs> I, what I think it
0: is, I think it's dumb that you would you would potentially have Braun Strowman in your your championship match. And for some reason, you would feel like you didn't need to promote that for three weeks. Like, I think that on a business standpoint, if, if you were going to have Braun Strowman in that match, um, it makes it so much bigger, and why wouldn't you want to sell that for a month leading up to it, right? Like, when it would be so easy for Braun Strowman to just say at any point, I want to be in the match, I'm going to be in the match. Um, so I would not, at this point, I just, I would almost be disappointed If Braun Strowman ends up being in the match because why would you why would you neuter yourself by not including that from the get-go?
2: For a surprise factor. Yeah, I mean that's the you they are going for the moment instead of the build I
0: guess it also just still seems at this point Like if you end up if you leave this with anything over other than this finally being the moment where Roman Reigns goes over I mean you're getting into Nakamura
2: territory at some point
0: right like we're like what what the fuck?
2: Well, I mean, Samoa Joe cut that promo about how he I, loses all the big matches and it continues to be the I, case. I
0: mean, at some point...
1: Well, he does, he's losing all the big matches, so you fucking internet dorks <laughs> will shut up.
0: Yeah, but you're going to keep doing them. And so at some point, he's got to fucking win one. Like, <laughs> and you so you can't have it both ways. You can't say you okay. want him to lose more and then he loses more and then say he loses but, too much. But it's not really the problem, again, and I, I can't believe I'm doing this because now I'm trying to put myself in the mind of somebody that I actually am not. Um, those people the problem that they have isn't necessarily that he needs to lose the matches it's that they don't want him to be in the championship match every time um they don't want his match to be the main event of every pay-per-view they don't want that to be the case um and so if you keep putting him in the main events and just having him lose you're not really accomplishing that goal either you're accomplishing no goals at that point but
1: but then but then when you put Dolph Ziggler and Seth Rollins. Oh, well, and that's the game. problem. By the
0: way, you heard what I said about that. Ain't got a single defense. Those people, fuck you, Pittsburgh. All of your stupid Super Bowl rings. Fuck all of y'all. Y'all are stupid. Um, but uh, I don't know. I just, I don't think you can do that again. And so if, if you inject Braun Strowman in the match and don't have him win, that seems really stupid. And if you have Braun Strowman win, then oh my god, we've done this again with Roman Reigns. Where Roman Reigns is in the main event, or is facing Brock Lesnar, or whatever you want to call it, and he doesn't win. And how long can you continue doing that, and yet still throw Roman Reigns back into the main event picture a month later? Is that... how does that make any sense?
2: By by the way, we're we're talking about the reaction at the end of Reigns-Lesnar. If Braun... actually, quite frankly, whoever has the briefcase at the end of the night... That's the reaction, is if Roman's standing tall, you're going to hear chants for whoever has the briefcase. Um, yeah. You're you're setting up a bad situation here with the whole briefcase le, thing.
0: Unless you do something,
2: right? Unless, well, right, unless...
0: unless and, the, and by the way, it could Owens,
2: be... Owens wins, but his car is, has is an ambulance. Exactly and right, away. and I wouldn't be
0: stunned by that at all. That would not surprise me even remotely. If Kevin Owens ends up winning, he's gonna end up in an ambulance, right? Like, Braun Strowman's not gonna let him just walk back to the back if somehow he wins that match so i do think you can actually take care of that you know is there a way that you can take care of it with if braun wins the match i don't know i don't know short of braun maybe saying like after he wins um you know i'm i'm letting it be known now i'm cashing in at the next pay-per-view or something like that i i I don't know how you could take care of it if braun wins um all right so is there anything else we need to talk about from the raw main event picture Mm, not that I know. Okay, you want to you want to ask the question now, AJ?
1: Yes, I would like to. Uh, okay, gentlemen, <clears throat> who had the best match on Raw this week? Mm, mm,
0: so funny mm. you should ask that. Um, I got to be honest with you. I did not do the bit this week where I was watching with that in mind. Okay. So I'm going to need somebody to refresh my give me a couple of candidates and let me think about it.
2: um I'd say the Finn Baron Corbin match it went you know it was a good length it was entertaining uh that probably has my vote right now, but there were several entertaining matches. I thought the Natalia Alicia Fox match was interesting. it was, actually, it was actually yes, really it was it was actually really good
1: i i was I was actually going to show some love because uh first of all, I love Alicia Fox.
2: Well, hey, she gets to make history next week. First, round, she's the opponent for the first Ronda Raw match. That's well, a big thing. she should make that all, is all of the huge history. Thing. She should
1: make that, is a, that is a massive responsibility, unless yeah. they're just going to have Ronda squash her in 10 seconds. But I don't think that's what they're going to do. But
2: you know what? Even if it is a 10 second squash,
0: that's still a responsibility. Be a lot of eyeballs on it, right? Like, there's going to be an yeah, awful true. lot of people watching next week, even if that's the case. That's a big deal. Uh, very valid.
2: Yeah, I, I think the only other real uh, uh, match that would be in the equation would be uh, Drew and Seth.
1: Yeah, see, that was my pick. Mm. Mm.
0: So, what you're saying is if I go with Natalia Alicia Fox, then we end up with a three way tie.
2: You just mm-hmm. want to give Alicia Fox some points. This
0: really don't has you? a lot to do with Alicia Fox, babe. I don't think she's on the list yet. <laughs> Alicia Fox is going on the list. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Any, did hey, I yep. want to make this clear. Has Seth Rollins ever referred to me as the Man Beast? <laughs> no. Does he Drew McIntyre look like Alicia Fox? Okay. Well, Alicia Fox is well, going on, on the really list. Like this
2: is. <laughs> we know what's getting what Glenn's vote is going to be for next week too. We don't oh even have God. to do the no show no next
0: week. doubt about that. No
2: question. You know where my vote's going to
0: be. Hey, look, man, if they if our truth was on Raw, it'd be very difficult for me. But uh, in the meantime, Alicia Fox is the answer. So, yes, go ahead, AJ. So
1: we have Alicia. It's a three-way tie. Alicia Fox versus Natalya. Um, uh, Seth versus Drew McIntyre. And the triple threat match of
2: Finn, Corbin. No, it was, it was just a singles match. Finn versus Corbin.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Finn versus Corbin.
2: Alright. So
1: I'm gonna have to, this is gonna be a lot of different things that I have to do, you assholes. But, <laughs>
0: hey,
1: don't blame me here. Um but I can just do it really quick in my mind and then do it later. This is why you got six um, degrees, isn't it? I thought you Finn, were I thought you were some Finn, sort of smart guy. Finn Balor has just taken second place oh. on on the list, um because he has ten points. Uh, just like Roman does but Roman has 6.5 on our weighted scale and Finn will now have 7 on our weighted scale.
0: Okay, very good. Very good. All right, let's move to SmackDown. Um I I you know we're going to talk more about the Miz a little bit later on in the show. Um but I do want to talk about Charlotte's return. And I want to talk specifically about the fact that I don't know like I kind of don't love it. <laughs> like, I'm bummed
2: for Becky. That's am really thing. Like, for Becky. I thought
0: this was going to be Becky's moment, and Becky's awesome, and I was really happy for her. And I get that they're going to play that up in storyline over the course of the next week or two, but still, I thought it was all very convenient. Now, all that being said, I fully understand. If Charlotte's healthy, this is Charlotte Flair we're talking about. They want to have her on the card for SummerSlam, and I, I get that. It, you really can And where else would you put her? Right, and you really can't argue that there's really nothing that you can say about that but i can i can both acknowledge that and still say that sucks yeah i thought this was going to be a really cool moment for becky lynch and becky lynch is great and becky lynch deserves a really cool moment so i'm bummed that that she's going to be overshadowed and and now
1: here's what i think i think that this is going to be a really big moment for becky because i think they're going to use this to spark becky going to heel.
0: Right and position against and Charlotte turn on Charlotte mm-hmm. and be the heel champion. I, 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 you might very well be and right. Here's the thing:
2: long term, I love it because it also, I think. I think you're possibly looking at the main event of Evolution as Charlotte versus Becky, and that's what it should be. Other than Sasha Bailey, like, if you have those two co-main event, that's what Evolution should well, be.
0: I hear you saying that, but if Ronda Rousey's in a match at Evolution, I am I think that Ronda Rousey ends well, up she'll, being
2: she'll get she'll event. get the bulk of the promotion, but I think, I think you can see the two last matches. Being
0: Ronda Rousey's going to be in the main yeah, event. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think they're going to put on a all-female pay-per-view and not have ronda rousey's match be the
1: main i 100% believe that the last three matches are going to be sasha versus bailey okay so
0: this is this is clear you do you do you are you guys i'm still i the more and more they do the more and more i think that there's going to be a tag title and that they're trying to to set that up for sasha bailey like they, they keep putting them in tag matches i think they're trying to paint a picture i think that sasha and bailey are going to be in a tag title match at evolution
1: uh, that would be cool, but I don't. Who would they? Ooh, what there's if a, they faced? Um, but
0: there's no shortage I of guess, options. You have I, you, you have the Riot guess, Squad. You have the you know the leftovers of Absolution. You have the Iconics. You have plenty of options for viable tag teams. You you can put a but team together. You, but would you?
1: But would you? That's what I was going to say. So you would put them. Would they get their own show?
0: Um I when we talked about it last week It I would think it would float. We would I think the word was and I think that like that most people seem to think that it would float between the two shows.
1: That would be kind, that would be cool just strictly because I want to see the iconics get gold in any way possible.
0: Right. And I what I said last week is I assume that Sasha and Bailey are in a tag championship match at Evolution and lose it. And that's how you finally get to Sasha versus Bayley wherever you do it. Now, obviously, Sasha versus Bayley. If, if there was a perfect place to do your Sasha-Bayley blowoff match, Evolution would be the perfect place yes. to do it. And I agree with that. But I, I just don't I, – I think it really comes down to are you doing a tag title thing or not. Because if you're doing a tag title thing, uh, Sasha and Bayley kind of have to be in the first women's tag title match. Like, you, you've done so yeah. much to this point. They need to be in that match. And I would think if you're doing a tag title thing, you're doing the first one in Evolution as well. So, I, I, I it could go either way for me, but I, I, I'm I, leaning more towards there being a tag title match and Sasha and Bailey being in it.
1: I can see that. But no matter what, the rest of the... Like, I hope that that is true. Um, but I think it's going to be a Becky versus Charlotte match for the SmackDown Women's title and a Ronda Rousey versus... Whoever the fuck they decide that's going to be.
0: Right. Right. Um, and by the way, it also wouldn't stun me if it was... Uh, I said this last week. I'm very afraid that it's going to be Ronda Rousey versus Trish Stratus. Which, again, I get is awesome. But what? I want it to be somebody on the current card that gets that opportunity to main event at Evolution. You know what I mean? Like, I want
2: it to be... Trish Stratus?
0: Yeah, I would, they would see that as money. They would see that as must-watch.
2: I'd, I'd be... If it's not for the title, I would be okay with it. But if it's for the title, I'd be completely well, I'd be, against it. Yeah, I'd be it. particularly... Yes, correct. I'd be particularly opposed to it.
0: Um, all right. Anyway, as I was saying, yes. I, the only concern that I have beyond that, by the way, is that now you've had uh, Carmella lose cleanly to both um, Becky and Charlotte in the last couple weeks. And normally when that happens, it means... That She's person, gonna win. exactly right. That's normally what happens in those situations. And
1: that's what I was thinking about, too. What we we're like, That's why I think the Becky versus Charlotte thing is going to be for I think that's going to be for the title at Evolution. But I think that Carmella is going to make it. She might make it out of Summerslam as the champion and then lose it to Becky before Evolution.
2: Is
0: there a pay-per-view before Evolution? Yeah,
2: there there is a there there are two pay-per-views before Evolution. Okay, there so is the uh September 1, I don't remember. It might actually be Hell in a Cell. I don't rem- I don't know uh, that for sure. And then there is the Australian one at the beginning of oh, October. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. All right, all right. So there's there'd be a couple of opportunities there in order to get that done. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. That make a lot of sense for it to go. And that it way. would
1: give. And it would honestly give Carmella her due because Carmella is money. Baby. No, she's
0: great. You're absolutely right about that. She's. Carmella is, is money. money. Yes, correct. All right. What else uh, jumped out at you guys? We now know we have the finals of the tag tournament on SmackDown set. Um, it it was as as Aaron you pointed out. It, it does look like they're pointing back towards the bar right now and trying to go somewhere with that which is fine because the bar is great and very qualified and and we haven't seen it yet right exactly right so i'm i'm i'd be thumbs up for that direct look i have no problem with it being the new day either because it's the new day and jesus christ i mean who's going to have a problem with it being the new day but this would be something different and it would work for me
1: not only that but it would give it would the bars would be a face tag team could be a face tag team on smackdown
2: yeah absolutely yeah. they could but I mean, I'm... quite frankly, they're setting up the tag division where you only need one heel. You have the super heels. Every other tag team can be faced if you want it to be just battling different ways to try to dethrone the big bad. Uh, yes. Um... But
0: who's, who are you
1: talking about the super heel? You're talking about the Bludgeon Brothers. Right. Right? The Bludgeon
2: Brothers, right? right.
1: But I'm talking about what if the bar takes the belt from them at SummerSlam.
2: You know, I, I said this last week just – based on the fact that you have established the Blodgeon Brothers as these super heels, I'd prefer a little bit longer of a chase from the bar, but I have no problem with it if it's I'd have a slight problem with it at SummerSlam because I'd rather see the month, two month long build, but yeah, eventually if it's them, sure
1: Damn, I just think that reaction for Cesaro and Sheamus in Brooklyn would be incredible
0: I agree, I think that's a, that's a great match to start the show Yes. I think that's, that's a great saying. moment to get the crowd really into it, to have everybody fired up. Um, and I'm with the you.
1: bar that's what, that's what's crazy, is like the bar are like one of the better heel tag teams we've had in WWE in a very long time. But it's still and, they are absolutely and Sheamus that we're talking about. Right. The face in right. that match. Right. And they are the the deserved face, and
0: people are actually going to want to cheer for them. And I think that because things were so, na- I think that what's been what's been great about the bar is that people that were down on Sheamus have come back around and realized that Seamus is pretty fucking great. Seamus um, is great. Yeah, and I mean this is a guy; he's obviously going to be a Hall of Famer. Um, yeah, yeah, obviously. You know, like, the, and I think that it's it's a way of recognizing, you know, what dude, we had a, we had a tough go about it with you for a little while there, and I know that. You know, we, we gave you shit about how you looked and the whole thing. But truth be told, you're really fucking great. And you've had a hell of For a guy that showed up as late in the game as you did and for as much shit as people and, had. And,
1: about, and for the fact that he, how hot he
0: came on the scene. Right. Um, yeah. As it turns out, you've been really, really good. and And you deserve a moment where we say, hey, you know, hats off to you. Hats yeah. off to you for what you've been able to accomplish despite having some things that really worked against you for a while. The way that you've dug in and carved out quite the career for yourself is is really fucking impressive. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's really amazing that we've come this far with Seamus. Um, and that a guy that was kind of a cartoon character can go back to being a guy that's that's respected as almost like an indie darling. Yeah. Um, it's it's impressive, and I think that, that he deserves that moment for people to recognize. And to take, look, Cesaro is Cesaro. He's goddamn brilliant. He's he's unbelievable. He's everything. Yes. But, um, but Sheamus, it's a different story, right? And I don't know that they've got another Sheamus title push in mind, although he is the type of guy that will always be at least popular with kids, and so if they ever wanted to, they could certainly do it again. But, you know, in a way that would be harmless – I think that the crowd would be super into rooting for Sheamus and Cesaro and having a cool moment with them at SummerSlam.
1: Yeah, that's why I'm really excited about that. That that was my whole thought process, which is why I would I mean, it would make sense. I wouldn't hate it if the Bludgeon Brothers, because I agree with you, Eric. Like if the way that they ran through the New Day and the Usos at WrestleMania, I kind of want them to hold the belts to WrestleMania.
0: Yeah, I mean yeah. they they've been ridiculous. They've been, you know, completely or maybe a situation where you need another super team to form, right? Like you I was need... going to say
2: like I don't I don't know right if you told me that a team that's not on the roster period right now is the team that dethrones them, I absolutely buy that.
0: Yeah, yeah. but I would almost say like I don't know that it's an NXT call up as much as it's um you know yeah uh, you you put you you put well you put jesus (laughs) christ
2: well yes if you do that oh i didn't
0: it's (laughs) god i wasn't even planning on getting an erection
2: tonight wow um but you know like if you yeah if you put together two kind of misused faces right now
0: yeah right or that was how you got shinsuke nakamura back to being a face right like rusev and aiden uh i would i would of course have no problem with that but i would say more like what if it was rusev and nakamura in three months what if your path back to Nakamura as a face was him, you know, partnering up with Rusev in order to take down the, un- the you know, the team that can't be taken down? Um, I'd be all in for something like that. I think that'd be great.
2: Our Truth uh, and Lil' Jimmy.
0: I. Oh my god. Oh my god. Our <laughs> Truth yes. is wrestling, and never forget it. Um. All right. What else do we need to cover here in the first segment? Let's... Uh,
1: we got to talk about AJ Styles.
0: Uh, to another look. Samoa Joe's great. That was a great promo. It was tremendous. Um, I, you know, th- this is a tricky spot, man. I said last week, there is a part of me that like I I don't love the fact that it would happen in a in a quick run, but I absolutely could see them going the Samoa Joe route for a minute. I
1: I dude, I think that that is the at summers like I, that's the one thing that I will be kind of upset if it doesn't happen. Like. If Roman doesn't win at SummerSlam, like, I'll be blown, but I'll be like, well, I don't really care. Um, but, like, I want that for Samoa Joe bad, bro.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's at a certain age where he's not going to have a lot of opportunities. Um, this is a great spot for him, and it doesn't have to be a long run. If it's in- and,
1: and AJ Styles doesn't even have to tap out. Just pass out, bro.
2: Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's a great point, right? Or and muscle buster, like you, you can pin or whatever. Yeah, like there's a number of muscle- ways you can do it. But yeah. you don't even have to have him decisively lose.
0: And and I think it sets something up too, where it it freshens AJ Styles a little bit. Not that AJ Styles needs to be freshened, and I, I want to make that very clear. He's been tremendous. He's been the best professional wrestler on the face of the planet for a little while, right? Like he's been the horse. He's done everything correctly, but that doesn't mean that it might not hurt to freshen him up a little bit and that dropping it for a minute to get it back in two months might not be the worst thing for AJ Styles. It might not be the worst thing for it to take. Maybe that's the big moment they have in Australia, right? Like
2: maybe that's the, the one that they go for. I don't know, but I've also never really seen face AJ chasing, have we? Cause he, he had that sudden win. It wasn't really a full chase. That's and you know he kind of had the build for his first tall run, but that was as a heel. Yeah, we've that's never true. seen face AJ chasing.
0: I, I, I'm for it. I'm 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 in favor of it. I love it. And I AJ, I don't know if I'm quite to where you are, where I'd be disappointed if it doesn't didn't happen. But I think the 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 stars have sort of oddly aligned where I'm really sold on it being the right idea right now. I'm really sold. Look, I still think they fucked up in never giving Shinsuke the belt at any point, right? But yeah. And part they of... should
1: have done that that thing you just said, like give it to him for a couple months and have him chase. Yeah. They should have did that with Shinsuke.
0: Yes. Yeah. But you have an opportunity to do it with Joe in a way, as you point out, because of where he is in his career, it would almost kind of be like a cooler thing that they would do it with yeah. Joe. Um and, and he's a great man. He is you just forget how fucking great Samoa Joe he is. He
2: has been like right now. If I had to choose a leader of the clubhouse, best performer in WWE in 2018, it's Joe.
0: It's tough because you know he's he's not been around for stretches. Right, but, right? but every time he comes out, he's he, the best he's guy. He sure as shit night. makes the most of his appearances. There is no doubt, man. He makes the most. He is such a fucking hoss, dude. He is. Yeah,
1: I I can't agree with that strictly because I, it it just because I have these stats in my phone. Is so very clear to
0: well, me. Well, in that fairness, Seth Rollins, in fairness, he hasn't been on Raw for what it's worth
2: <laughs> on another planet. But right yeah now. Seth Rollins has been great. It's definitely. Well, but but I'm talking about over. I'm talking about performance I'm talking about Mike's skills. I'm talking about everything all around. Yes, Seth Rollins, as far as the in ring, no one's touching him right.
1: now In ring, but I'm also
2: talking about like crowd. Yeah, interaction. Yeah, the, you know, yeah. The, the,
1: burn the, it down. Yeah. the yeah. thing. I,
2: but... No one's going to argue with you if you say that it's Seth. I, jo- <laughs> Joe has just taken to his his game to a whole He's new been level. Yeah, for sure. No,
0: and it's because
1: obviously. Joe that was just an amazing oh, he's heel He's a stud He's a stud Amazing heel
0: Alright uh, Very good AJ I know that uh, We were able to steal you For a little bit But you have the business Of making sure that uh, You are on that 53 man roster To take care of
1: For sure So
0: we will let you Duck back out And get back to that Let's get the plugs in However in the meantime
1: Alright yeah You guys can follow me On all social media At
0: AJFrancis410 um, If you want to listen To my music
1: Watch any of my videos Or anything it's just in my bio link. Just click the link, and it'll take you to everywhere you need to go. Um, you know, I'm just, yeah, just getting ready for this preseason game in the week versus Cleveland. Um, so, yeah, follow me on social media at for 410
0: How's it y'all? All right. I uh, appreciate it. Thank you, bro. And we'll try to do this. Yeah, obviously it's going to be a battle during training camp, but we'll do our best in order to make sure that we can keep you involved in the next couple of weeks.
1: For sure. And I want to be involved. I know. And I appreciate
0: worse. that. I appreciate it. We said that last week. Like, guys, don't ever think that AJ is, like, big time in us or anything like that. The guy's legitimately working on making the football team. So, like, you know <laughs> – just bear with us as we try to make he sure just, that it's he happening.
2: just has to remind us he does have a little Brock Lesnar in him. That's why he's true. the main event. That is true. Um, yeah, right? I
1: mean, I get to pick my own dates. I am aware. That's the way it is. <laughs>
2: All right, when we come back in, we'll
0: talk about what was a uh, a very difficult week in the uh, world of pro wrestling. We'll do that next. I'm glad he's Aaron and he's the main event. AJ Francis. Vint. Oh, Vint. it's my last one. That's true. Are we good? Ah, damn it! <laughs> AJ Francis I can't I I, I God, this <laughs> he is
1: does so many times
0: Shut up, this is jumping out! I'm excited to tell you about one of our newest partners, Loop League. Find them at loopleague.com. What are they all about? Well, this is very cool. You can link together events from across the sports landscape into one comprehensive fantasy pool. So let's just say you're like us, maybe you're playing a World Cup pool right now. You want to keep that fun going with your friends after the World Cup is over. Maybe you do a football picks pool that you loop together and that fun continues throughout the course of the year. Start a league today, invite your friends. Single event leagues are free, multi event leagues are just a flat $4.99 fee for the entire league, not per person, just $4.99. There's plenty of competitions that Loop League has. I mentioned the World Cup, football picks, it continues, MLB playoffs, they'll be doing stuff like that. I mean, they even do UFC fights, but if you've got an idea for something that you want to do, you can tell them at Loop League on Twitter and they'd be willing to consider it. They've got 21 events on the platform right now with more coming. This is something that was started by local guys. It's extremely cool. Loop League. Find them at loopleague.com.
3: In the ring at this time, the challengers to my left from the Soviet soapy- Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Volkov requests that you all
1: rise and respect his singing of the Soviet
4: National Anthem.
2: Stand up, Aaron. Stand up. Oh, I'm right. I'm I'm way ahead of you.
0: Back in here for segment number two of uh, jobbing out, Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone. Appreciate AJ hopping on for segment number one this week, as he is in the throes of training camp. Uh, obviously, uh, sad news. You know, look, whenever a wrestler passes away, and I know we had a few pass away this week, but um, you know, obviously, you know, we'll want to share some reflection. But in particular, Aaron Nikolai Volkov um, lived in basically my backyard um which was weird because in 2006 i did not know that um i had no idea that nikolai Volkov was living in my backyard but i was doing radio and um i got a call from somebody who said hey man uh my name's and i can't even remember what his name is and i was like oh hi how are you he's like um i was wondering if i could bring somebody by the studio one day because uh he's a candidate for house delegates yeah. yep. and i said uh uh, I don't know, maybe, you know, we'd have to think about it. We'd have to, you know, consider that. I said, well, who is it? He's like, oh, it's it's Nikolai Volkov. And I was like, what? Yes. But no, 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 that's not my reaction. Okay. My reaction was w- Nikolai Volkov. Like, <laughs> what a random name. I can't believe there's some random dude who lives in Baltimore whose name happens to be Nick. Did you guys know that's the same name as a red? He's like, no, it's the guy. <laughs> and I was <laughs> like you want to bring Nikolai Volkoff by the studio to talk about running for a house of delegates in, in Maryland. That's, it, that's a strange Madlib. Right. Yeah. Right. That's exactly what it is. And I'm just like, uh, yeah, sh- sure. <laughs> like we can do it. And it set off for like the course of the next year before I moved to Arizona. I he ended up being a regular. Um, <laughs> he ended up being somebody that came on, I think four different shows that I hosted on a couple of different radio stations And, um, you know, it's so funny to hear everybody tell their stories about Nikolai Volkov because I got to tell you, I I know everything they're talking about. Nikolai Volkov was such a warm, wonderful person. He was so funny. He was so engaging. Awkwardly, I did not always understand exactly what he was saying. Um, Understood. Sometimes my reaction was more based on how warm it felt when he was saying it than what he was actually saying um i don't know that we would have agreed on everything politically looking back on it uh 12 years ago but when he would chat with us and at the time i was doing uh on one station i was doing a political talk show on uh 105.7 with ed norris i never knew that yeah (laughs) we did a political show it was a very random i my my intro into radio was okay you're gonna be a weekend overnight rock and roll dj on whfs now we want you to talk about the University of Maryland basketball and football teams on a sports station. Oh, now we're going to throw you on a political show. So you got this, right? You're 21. You can yeah. handle all of this, um, which was fine. I did it. But, um, you know, I, I had him on that show. I had him on my sports show that was on an AM station. I just i, 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 I talked to Nikolai Volkov a lot. Um, and, and, God, he was so wonderful. And, and I have great regret that I didn't spend more time talking with him in recent years and and was unaware that Nikolai Volkov was in poor health. And I saw him – when we had Broken Matt Hardy on, um, he was promoting an appearance he was doing with the Aberdeen Ironbirds, a minor league baseball team here locally. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea that Nikolai was going to be there that night too. And uh, this was – I guess this must have been two years ago. Was it two years ago at this point that we were About that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I wandered over to the stadium and and had a conversation. Our buddy Kevin Eck was there and I was chatting with Kevin and I was chatting with Matt Hardy and some of our friends from MCW were there. And all of a sudden I looked behind and say, Hey, Nikolai Volkov's here too. And it was it was I felt awful because there was this insanely long line of people that were wanting to meet Matt Hardy and then Nikolai Volkov was also there and and like nobody was going over to chat and I think it was because he was charging money for autographs, whereas Matt Hardy was free, it was part of your game ticket. Um, so I ended up going over and I, and I, I, I talked to Nikolai for a while. I asked him if he remembered that he'd come in studio and I don't think he did, but he pretended like he did. Um, and, and he's just so in this deprecating, like it was almost like a Virgil type of situation where like, he's just sitting there and nobody's there. And I'm like, that's a hall of famer. You know, it's Nikolai Volkov that we're talking about.
2: Show some damn respect. Stand and salute while he talks to you.
0: But yet he was so happy and so pleasant and so almost like just happy to be anywhere. And like the one person that had come over and was happy to see him, he was so happy that he had made that person's night. And I, I don't know, man, every story that I've heard about Nikolai Volkov and I did not know, and I don't know how I never talked to the. He never told me that he was uncomfortable or that he genuinely did not like doing the Soviet.
2: Um, oh, he never told me that either. I yeah. not never told me. I never heard that.
0: Yeah. yeah, I had never heard that until this week. And I guess apparently uh, Jim Ross referenced it in his hall of fame induction. Um, okay. That part of his greatness was that here he was so excellent in this storyline, and yet he did not. He, he he hated it. He didn't want to do it, and you sort of understand that he's such a warm, kind person that it it makes sense that he did not love being an uber heel. And if you remember, this
2: was I mean this was radioactive. This was nuclear oh, yeah. heat. That n- this was this was nuclear he uh you know anti american he'll he done the right way
0: correct correct and so um you know you, you'll hear stories about him being out at dinner with iron chic and you know uh, just they would be run out of restaurants by people in the vitriol that was directed to them um which which is funny in a way because as as nuclear like jinder mahal had some pretty nuclear heat for a minute I think Jinder Mahal was probably okay going out to dinner in most towns, right? Like, I don't think that right. he probably dealt with that. Um, since, I don't know, maybe Slaughter leading up the, to SummerSlam that year, like, I don't know that there's been a pro wrestler that, is, that has maybe dealt with that, where, like, the lines have blurred so much so that, you know, your, yeah. your character has really... Well,
2: especially because, you know, how much the industry changed shortly after that.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's a, that's a great point. But, um... My God, what a wonderful man! Yeah. What just a wonderful, wonderful, warm, kind person. Uh, great regret that we never put him on this show, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, just for the sake of doing it. Like we that we should have just one week said, "Hey Nikolai, you're down the street. Can we get you to come by the studio to just tell us some old stories?" And just listening to him talking about, you know, he talked a lot about MSG and what that meant to mm-hmm. him um, over the years. That, that 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 those were the moments that meant the most to him. Were uh, wrestling in front of a sold out Madison Square Garden that, that that that's what stood out to him the most when we would talk. But I, I don't know. I I just can't say enough about what a human being Nikolai Volkov was and um, and deep regret that I did not spend more time. He literally lived 10 minutes from me. Wow. Um, deep regret that I didn't spend more time with Nikolai Volkov in recent years.
2: You know, I, I didn't get to do a whole lot of sit downs with him. I did see him at MCW several times. He was, you know, there was a period where he was basically a mainstay at MCW. Not not in a virtual creepy way, but you would see him, you know, I think the last time I saw him was at one of the Tribute to the Legends. And, you know, kind of along what you were saying is I think one of the best ways to describe him, and and I mean this in a good way, like you can sometimes say this in a derogatory way, he was almost a character. He was a larger than life caricature. And he had that big personality that even if he was just sitting at a table, like you would gravitate towards him. Oh yeah. Because he, he was that larger than life caricature. Even when he was even when he was out of character, when he was just being himself, he was just he was bombastic. He had the frame like he had the look. He still it was just some guy you gravitated towards and yeah, he had a great laugh. He did everything. And it was awesome and you know it's it's a big loss. No, it's a it's... big loss, and and I do like you. I regret not spending more time with him yeah, when I did have the yeah, chance. It's,
0: it's crushing, crushing. Um, just because it for us it hits so it's so local, it hits so yeah. home. And I don't want to take anything away. Obviously, um, thoughts with Jerry Lawler and his family after the passing of Brian Christopher, and and clearly his life just took a very very wretched turn. Yeah. Um, and and it's that's very it's incredibly sad. Um, how things played out for, um, uh, the former grandmaster sexy, uh, who also passed away this week. And then I,
2: I, I and I don't want
0: to take anything away from Brickhouse Brown either. I don't know
2: much about Brickhouse yeah, Brown. he was a little before both of our times. Yeah. So,
0: um, but uniquely Nikolai Volkov, just someone that I, I ended up spending a lot of time with, um, about 10 years ago. i like, I, I, almost bizarre and I was very friendly with this campaign manager as well. And so we'd end up going to dinner and stuff like that. And so it's very random. How much time I ended up spending uh, with Nikolai Volkov there for a stretch of my life, and so it just—that was a real gut punch, man. That was just a real brutal, brutal gut punch um, to learn that Nikolai had passed away. All right, so uh, we need to shift to something else that I want to talk about, but I just feel like, you know, it's it's difficult to go from a segment where you're talking about right. So so why don't we maybe have like a, a cleanser if you don't mind? All right, I always prefer myself a good. I don't know. I, I don't know if you're a cleanse guy, but I think my favorite type of cleanse is a a juice cleanse.
2: Oh, okay. And so
0: I just wanted to share another promo and a reminder that Juice Robinson is better than anything in the world. Um, this was just a, a more recent promo from Juice Robinson. Mmm. That'd be great if it was actually playing.
1: <sighs>
0: All that setup. All that setup only to be <laughs> betrayed by a by a computer. Dale. Go F yourself, computer.
3: Spring, I'm gonna have a busy 2019. I don't know. I might not win in this. I might not win in this. And then I might lose this. And if I don't win in this G128, and I lose this title the first defense, who the fuck am I? Sorry for using the F-word, but who the hell am I, huh? I don't I surely don't belong in the G1 next year if I can't get at least eight ten points how can I think that I belong huh how can I even think that I belong in New Japan Pro Wrestling yeah it's the toughest this is the toughest block
0: oh god damn it I hate (laughs) you internet oh he was just getting Uh. he was just getting to the good part son of a bitch Damn. Oh, I hate everything about technology..: 19. All right, hang on, let me see if I can get back to that real quick, because he was just getting, oh, he... next
3: year, if I can't get at least 8, 10 points, how can I think that I belong? Huh? How can I even think that I belong in New Japan Pro Wrestling? Yeah, it's the toughest. This is the toughest block in the toughest G1 against three of the toughest opponents. Back to back to back. I should've beat Tama Tonga, but big whoop doo that would've been two points. Two points ain't gonna win this thing. Yeah, ooh, Juicy Underdog, woo-hoo! Well, eventually I'm gonna have to get at the level of Naito. Eventually I'm gonna have to be at the level of Ibushi. Eventually I'm gonna have to be somewhere in the ballpark of the great Kenny Omega, the best bout machine. He is the best. He is putting us all on the map. He's the reason this 10 pounds of gold and diamonds over my shoulder means something. It's because Kenny Omega won in Long Beach last year. He won that tournament, and he won that title. He won this title. Jay caught him on a bad night. Well, you can catch anybody on a bad night. Sorry, Wimera. Stepha say You can catch anybody on a bad night, all right? But if you don't wake up every single morning and you want to be Kenny Omega, especially if you're a fucking guy shit, especially if you're guy shit, if you don't want to be just like Kenny Omega, then don't even book your damn airplane ticket. Don't even come to Narita Haneda. Please stay in America. If you think your shit don't stink. If you think that he's not the best, well then you are so 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 goddamn stupid. Because he is the best. He is the best. I remember being in NXT. I watched a match in Budokan. Kota Ibushi told this. Hold this, thank you, sorry. Kota Ibushi versus Kenny Omega. I watched that damn thing over and over again. And I knew I couldn't do that then. I knew I wasn't on that level then. And guess what? I woke up today. What's fucking today, huh? July 26, 2018. I woke up today knowing that I wasn't on that level. Still not on that level. I'm still not on the in the ballpark. I'm going to have to figure this out soon. Cuz if I go over in this motherfucker, sorry. Working on the F4 thing. If I go over in this G1, I'll hand that goddamn title in. And I'll take a one-way ticket back to Chicago O'Hare International Airport. I'll have my dad pick me up. Bring me back to the house and I will lay on the couch and stick my thumb in my ass. And just play tiddlywinks, because guess what? If I don't start fucking winning soon, then I don't belong to be here.
2: God damn
3: it, I love him.
2: Oh my so god. So good. God, he's <laughs> so good. Um, so good. By the way, he did go on to win his yes. next two matches yes, against Torianu and Sonata. Yeah, he so he does have so uh, good. four
0: points now. Uh, uh, and just to follow up on something we talked about last week. Um, he did address the WWE rumors. He said uh, this was with... The, where, where did he, I don't even know where he said this Now that's funny um, I guess he said this to the Wrestling Observer He said Oh no this was a, just a promo Okay got it so maybe this was in character All right, Maybe I didn't realize I thought this was an interview He said fast forward three years WWE NXT all that shit Everything you guys constantly ask me about I know because that's what we talk about That's what we talk about We talk about WWE but that's in the rear view mirror now And guess what I ain't going back I ain't ever going back. It's okay because guys like Cody Rhodes, guys like Kenny Omega, more guys like that, Will Ospreay, big stars, big independent stars. Independent. You can take that and shove it up your ass. They're stars, baby. And I might not be a star yet, but I'm getting there, so titles do matter, and guess what? Canyon Seaman, I'm doing my damnedest to make myself a star. So, now, that could be just complete uh, a shoot. You know what I mean? That could be nothing yes. more than that. But it's a pretty strong statement to make You know, in that process to say, uh, I ain't never going back. I mean, that's yeah. that's that's something else. I, as I said before, I hope he doesn't. Um, I I I think this is where he needs to be because I think he's allowed to do wonderful, wonderful things like that, and it just would not be the same if he were to go to WWE. So. God bless Juice Robinson. He is the greatest. And everybody knows. I am the single biggest Juice Robinson fan in the history of professional wrestling. I have been that way since I don't know. I mean, my god. Like I was in like high school, I think, uh, around the first time that I ever said something about Juice Robinson. Would you say Everyone you worship his that. entire catalog? I and, Oh my god. Aaron, you could ask me any single thing that there was ever to know about Juice Robinson, and Lord knows I know it. But you you know that too. So clearly, you're not going to embarrass exactly. yourself. I would never by ask asking even, me anything. And- dare to impugn your integrity here all right um i want to get into something else oh we got beat up by a few people last week because we didn't uh do a review of the elias record and i gotta be honest with you i kind of don't blame (laughs) them. like we probably should have spent a little bit more time talking about elias and i'm gonna be honest with you it's wonderful
2: it Uh is shocker something elias does is wonderful yeah it is it
0: is truly fantastic um a couple things. I'm really pissed off that in that first song he didn't mention Baltimore. Um, very, very pissed off about that. I, I, I although should be. What Again, I, he's what doing I, his job. Here's the problem. I can't figure out. I can't figure out if that means that it's because he actually thinks that, that fans in Baltimore are great and so he didn't need to trash them or if it's such an oversight that he cares so little about Baltimore that he chose not to include them.
2: I can't figure <sighs> out which one that it is or maybe he hates uh Baltimore so much that he just would didn't want to give them the dignity You're of right. being acknowledge
0: in acknowledge Baltimore in any way. Yeah. Um I'm I'm afraid that might be the case but uh no matter. Uh my god, it's wonderful. My god. Um that that little I I don't know whose idea it was. I don't know how the whole thing came about. Um the fact that they did it and pulled it off and and perfectly to fit Elias, right? Like yes. it's it's it, the production level is quality enough. Like the music's not good necessarily, but it's not supposed to be. It's not and about that. And that's the point. That's what makes it work. And yet the production level is so good, right? That it makes it seem somehow viable in a way, right? Like it's, <laughs> it's fantastic. It's it, as
2: I really want to go, like find out who who Greenlit it, because like it doesn't sound like a Vince thing. No, but...
0: no, this is something different. There's no yeah. doubt. This is something different. Um, and, and my God, it is, it is just outstanding. So thumbs up all around. All right, the other thing that I wanted to get into in this segment. Uh, I know we talked a little bit about The Miz in segment number one. And I, I tried purposely to keep that conversation a little bit short. Because I wanted to respond to um, just something that I noticed in watching SmackDown last night. Uh, as we tape this uh, show on Wednesday So I watched nearly live And I gotta be honest with you dude By the way, uh, two straight
2: weeks I have watched I've watched Ms. and Mrs Okay, right. I didn't actually see Ms. and Mrs this week I did watch I, it the first week I watched both weeks And love it <laughs> I love it I love Honestly, it. If, if I had been, I was working So if I had been at home, I probably would have been yeah, watching it I love it so, and it's amazing. By the way, all all it takes is the Orioles to have the worst season ever for you to actually watch stuff I live. Mean, what the
0: hell else am I gonna do? You know what I mean? Like what am I right. honestly God, what am I gonna do? So, uh Ben our buddy Ben Penrod, uh Ben from Awesome AwesomeCon, uh, in DC, he tweeted out the following last night and it really caught my eye. He said, Uh why in all caps, why am I rooting for Miz against Brian? Two thousand eighteen is weird AF, you guys. <laughs> and like <laughs> I I'm going to say something. Look, first of all, we know what the answer is. The answer is it's really hard to root against The Miz, not because he's not really good at being a heel, he's great at being a heel. But that's the problem. He's so good at being a heel that we have such ridiculous respect for him that it's it's hard to not appreciate
2: that. Plus he's he's so good that even when like what he's saying is is slightly ridiculous and hyper hyperbolic, right? Uh He says it with such passion that you'd find yourself, oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. But in particular, last night, I thought there was almost a bit of a
0: danger in the reality of what he was saying.
2: Yep. Which was... This dates back to the talking smack. Like, everything he said in that talking smack was 100% correct. That's the tricky part. The tricky part is...
0: We love Daniel Bryan because we love Daniel Bryan, right? And, like, he's the one guy that appears to be infallible. There's nothing he can do that will make us not like him. There's no opportunity he can get that will change it. And, yes, he's sympathetic in part because – more sympathetic in part because of the injury. Like, we're just so happy to have him back that nothing's going to matter. But the truth is that, like, you know eh, –
2: Here's the funny thing. I'll be a little and and this is this is beyond me being a Miz Mark, right? I'll be a little annoyed if Daniel Bryan wins that match at SummerSlam. I don't think he can. <laughs> I don't
0: think in I I don't think there's any way he can. I, in fact, would think it would be insane if he were yes. to win that match at SmackDown. Now that being said. That doesn't mean that I don't think that ultimately Daniel Bryan ends up coming out
2: on top. Oh, like and, I said, I want this to be the Miz win so Daniel Bryan can beat him potentially for the title like at WrestleMania. Right,
0: right, and I think that's a great way to go about doing it. But he ain't wrong about some of the things that he says. And that's I, clearly that was part of the reason why they had Daniel Bryan come out and say something about his wife to start the promo last night. Like They wanted to set the table for what the Miz was going to do. And it was great, and it was perfect. And this is Daniel Bryan and the Miz, and it's something that we've really wanted. And frankly, it deserves to be considered a main event um, at at SummerSlam. It it really should be treated that way. And so I'm glad. I know that part of the reason, the, the biggest part of the reason why it's been in the final spot the last two weeks is because they want that to bleed right in to mm-hmm. Miz and Misses on the USA Network. But frankly, but it's also the most important thing on SmackDown. That's right the point, and it should be. It should be. Highlighted as a main event match, um, going into Summerslam, Part- if, particularly because I think we all thought we were going to get a women's main event. But if we're being truthful, yeah, I, I
2: never, I never thought we'd get it at Summerslam. I,
0: I don't know about main event, main, like final match. I just oh. means one of like a women's match would be so thought of that we would say it's like a co-main event or
2: something like that. But. I think they are going to position the Rousey match. I that think way. they'll
0: try that, but again, if we're all being honest, none of us thinks that Alexa Bliss Ronda Matt Rousey. I, I, is. I agree,
2: but just the way that they're already positioning it, they're you know they're really sending Alexa out on the media tour. I, I understand they that, are-
0: but it still feels more just like this is Ronda Rousey.
2: Oh Th- yeah, I mean it's it's wrong. It's not the match. It's all about Ronda. And, and that to me but they not, are going to try to position it that way. But it
0: and and it it doesn't. I'm not buying it. I'm just not buying it. The Miz Daniel Bryan should be a co main event type of reception type of build.
2: Yeah, it I mean should, I put it you know probably in that third to last. You always have kind of your two main events. Yeah, obviously you have the main event, and then typically lately, especially in these longer cards, it's been that third to last match because they right, have, you want you know, to have one in between. in between right I think that's the spot for Ms. Daniel Bryan
0: yeah I'd be okay with that like that I would be I would be okay with that being the spot um but it, I mean it, it just deserves it deserves that type of thing but my god the Miz so good and yeah I've been entertained like I I I, I will admit that I'm a sucker for some scripted reality show bullshit <laughs> like I'm a yeah. I'm a sucker for some of it this is different than Total Divas. Like, it's significantly different in Total Divas because this is – Total Divas, I'll, I'll say, honest to God, like, you really do find yourself feeling like you're learning about what was going on around the time of, of certain – you know, around certain time periods in wrestling, right? Like, right. as as, yeah. as silly as it all is and as trashy as it all is
2: – And as script as it is, there's an inkling of truth to right. it. Right.
0: You're, you're seeing some things that are occurring and – and and stuff that you know was happening right like you know because you saw it play out a certain way so when when they when they do a dramatic scene backstage you know that's probably not the way that they told this person this news but it's probably very similar to the way that they told this person this news right like because that person had to learn the news in some sort of way and where did they probably learn it they probably learned it backstage at a wrestling show so like it might very well be that it took five takes and that this person was trying to get a certain reaction to you're going to be in the main event or there's going right. to be this match. But the truth is it's damn similar to the way they absolutely went about doing it. So I'm good mm-hmm. with that. This is a different thing. This is way more like Chrisley Knows Best, which yes. I would never have any interest in watching. But because it's The Miz and I love The Miz.
2: It's a, he's a great character. Yeah. Maurice is a great character. Yeah. And you know what? They don't have to be real because – the characters are good enough that they stand on their own. We don't want to see reality out of the Miz. Right,
0: right. So, um, so yeah, I'm, um, I, I love it. I'm all on board, <laughs> and uh, it is a little bit awkward where I find myself saying, you know what, I might be rooting for the Miz too
2: right I'll, now. I'll, I'll say this: Daniel Bryan needs a good showing next week. Uh, he definitely does. I mean, he, <laughs> he. I don't want to be. I, I mean, I'm not. Again, I'm not saying, "Oh my God, he's dead." If he doesn't, no, but like,
0: no, they really could use a good Daniel Bryan moment, though. They could exactly. really use something to sort of give him a little bit more heat as we get into the direction of SummerSlam. All right, very good. When we come back in, we will chat with uh, Priscilla Kelly. She's going to be in the May Young Classic, and that's a pretty cool moment for someone who's been wrestling for just three years and is only 21 years old. So we're going to chat with her when Uh, we come back in. Yeah, yeah, very similar to me at 21. Uh, She's Hell's favorite harlot, and we'll talk with her next. I'm Glenn, he's Aaron. This is Jobbing Out. Score big at the Green Turtle with our legendary crab dip, juicy burgers, or any of our delicious boardwalk iced teas and lemonades. Bring the whole team and celebrate your latest win in our rent-free party room. Need to raise money for your sports league or team? Our Funds for Friends program has raised over $1 million for local sports organizations. Everyone is a winner at the Turtle. Visit thegreenturtle.com to find your local Turtle. Back in here for segment number three of Jobbing Out, Glenn Clark, Erin Oster, and now someone who you're going to be seeing a lot more of pretty soon. As she's going to be part of the upcoming second May Young Classic, which you'll be able to see on the WWE Network. She's been working a lot of places over the last few years. A lot of time with shine and full impact pro she is very much one of the rising stars in all of women's wrestling it's a pleasure to be joined now by priscilla kelly here on jobbing out priscilla it's glenn and aaron it's so good to talk to you thank you so much for taking some time for us yeah
4: thank you for having
0: me hey congratulations on I, I know i can only imagine right like what this means to you you've accomplished plenty of things so far in your career but this moment being recognized by the wwe and getting this opportunity can you put it into words at all uh yet what this means to you
4: um not really it's one of those things where like it doesn't feel like it's really happening until i walk out of that curtain for my match you know what i mean like it's one of those things where you know it's all over twitter it's all over facebook it's all over instagram but you really just can't get yourself to comprehend like this is really happening (laughs) because when I got it when I got the email and they reached out to me I was just I was sitting at Starbucks with my fiance and uh I just got this email and my face like apparently just lit up and he's like you got the email didn't you and I was like yep (laughs) and uh i tried to play it as cool as possible because you know i'm one of those people where when i get an awesome opportunity i try not to let myself get too head over heels like excited because you know just in case something falls through with it i don't want to like get really let down but um i tried to like play it as cool as i could but then like i just i went out to the car to uh get like my passport and like stuff that I needed to send in my information and I just on the way to the car I'm just like smiling like an idiot and like tears <laughs> blowing up so it was uh, definitely By the way I can I was. can
0: totally feel what you're saying right now because it's that thing where you're like, okay, I know this is real but yet I'm still afraid somebody might take it away from me for whatever reason, right? Mm-hmm. Like that if if I yeah. acknowledge it exists somehow it won't be real anymore. I just want to pretend like it's not a thing until it's actually over and I know it really happened. <laughs>
4: Yeah, that's how I, like, when I got my first tour of Japan, that's how I was. I didn't, I didn't want to accept the fact that I was going to Japan, I didn't want to get excited, because I was like, you know, if something falls through with this, I don't want to be severely, severely let down, so I'm just gonna, like, just be like, okay, I'm cool, until it actually, like, happens, and everything's said and done.
2: So you said you got the email, before that, did you have any idea you were on the radar? How does, how does this whole process work?
4: um i honestly I think they just you know they see who's creating buzz around the world and wrestling, and they just i think i think it's a lot to do with like you know who's stirring people up, who's getting buzz, who's getting noticed and uh who's getting who's putting out the hard work, and I think that's the big sign of like who's gonna be looked at and who's not um you know and and then there, there is an element of luck to it you know because. You never know who could have seen me and what moment it could have been, and, you know, one little moment could have been just the right moment for someone to see someone and tell someone, and, you know, it kind of works like that. It's like the music industry, you know? You could be, you know, playing a random gig at, like, a small town, and you never know who could pop in and see you working and put the word in for you.
0: But did you have, like, any inclination that, that this was a possibility, or did it just completely catch you off guard?
4: Um, I mean, I had thought about it, obviously, just daydreamed, like, okay, what if this could happen? But it's one of those things where like, you know, in the long run, you don't ever really see it happening. Like you want it to happen, but you don't ever see it happening. You know, like, if I would have went back three years ago, three, four years ago, when I started and told myself, you're going to be working for w w e you're going to be going to Japan like even to go back three years ago and tell myself that I was going to be working for shine and you know being shine nova champion like even going back three years ago and telling myself that i wouldn't have believed it if someone told me all of this was going to be happening in three years, I would have told them you're a liar <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right so let, let's address that you you say three years you're only twenty one so yeah. Basically, you're just, like, the most significant overachiever in the history of the world, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
4: I mean, I guess. I don't know. Um, Yeah, because, like, I mean, I started training at 16, so um, I think, you know, starting training young and stuff kind of helped, too, because some people, you know, they don't start training until they're in their mid-20s or so, and, um I was really lucky to find wrestling so young and find a place to start training so young. Um, Because I think, you know, that, because the thing is, by the time I am 25, 27, you know, up there in age, like late twenties, I'm, I'm going to be nearly a 10 year vet, (laughs) not vet, but 10 year, uh, you know, 10 years in at that point. And um, I think that's pretty cool to like be able to say like, you know, in in such a short time, like I've only been alive 21 years and these are things <laughs> that I'm accomplishing already.
2: Yeah. So how, how did you get involved so young? Were you a huge wrestling fan growing up? What got you into wrestling, especially, uh, like you said, at such a young age?
4: Um, so my little brother was like, uh, he was into like pirates and stuff and, uh, he had picked up an Undertaker action figure thinking that it was uh, a pirate. So, uh, yeah, I kind of just did my research, and you know, I bought him the twenty and 0 DVD set, and uh, we kind of just fell in love with it from there, and it, you know, wrestling was born in the family.
2: Okay, okay, wait, 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 wait. You're telling us that if he had actually picked out a pirate, this might not all have happened. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, sure. (laughs) That's not random at all. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Priscilla Kelly's yeah. with us here on Jobbing. Out. Okay, so but, but it, there's a big difference saying, okay, well I I saw this and I was into it and it was cool and I liked it and then saying, yeah, I knew at 16 that I wanted to be a professional wrestler. Like what what led to that? What led from it being just I'm interested in this to being like I think this might be a way that I could go about, you know, making a living as an adult. Um I think like at first, you know, it was
4: just it was really just something to, you know, keep me motivated and uh, driven, just like, you know, okay, wake up, go train, go, like, bust my ass in a ring, and it was something, not necessarily just, like, something to do, but it was something to keep me occupied with something positive, and then it kind of just grew and grew and grew into what it is today, and it was kind of, it kind of just became, like, a passion of mine um, in such short time because I didn't have anything else that I had planned to do with my life. Like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was I didn't have plans to go to college. I didn't have anything like that. Um, and wrestling just came in the picture, and that was it. That was, like, my calling, like, the thing that, you know, that was the passion I didn't know I had.
2: Well, what was it about wrestling that, that grabbed you so hard?
4: Um, I think, like, well, when I started, like, I had struggled with, like, a lot of, like, issues growing up like i was bullied i struggled with depression i struggled with um a lot of like things like that and at the time like wrestling was kind of a release and the escape you know the the physical pain that wrestling brought kind of was it was kind of a ventilation for all the emotions that i had felt from an early age and it was kind of just that release that i needed at the time hmm
0: Hmm. I mean, that's really cool to hear that. Like, that's, that's that's a neat way for that to work out for you, Priscilla. You know, one of the things that jumps out about me is that uh, it's Hell's favorite harlot. Where did where did that come from? Um, and and why are you Hell's favorite harlot?
4: Well, originally, um, so I was working at Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment, and I started with a faction called the Carnies. And uh, they originally gave me the whole Hell's Favorite Harlot-esque type uh, thing. And, you know, I started to really, like, take it into my own. And, you know, once I started just, like, getting more comfortable in the ring, I started just making my ring character whatever I wanted it to be. And what I wanted it to be was, you know, I wanted to show people, like, in a way, like, to be open with your sexuality. And, you know... Like, that's really what I preached with my character early on was just, like, you know, it's like a a guy can go out, and he can do all these, like, outrageous things, and it's, like, it's okay. But if a girl goes out and does it, it's like, oh, no, that's horrible. I want to make it very
0: clear. Me, personally, it's wonderful. I just want that to be known (laughs) for the record. I I want that. I'm a big supporter of this movement, Priscilla. I just want that to be stated.
4: Thank you. (laughs) But... But yeah, it was it was a two-way street. It was part of me just trying to tell people like, hey, just be yourself, do what you want to do, and like, screw anybody that tries to tell you that there's one side to anything, or because you're a female or a male you can't do something. Like, just be with, be yourself and do what you want. And you know, besides that, it was more just me having fun and doing what I felt. And being raised really strict, like I was, being able to just do what I want finally after I moved out and was able to myself it was it was fun for me to be able to just like express myself in that way publicly
2: you know you you start at three about three years ago you're 18 and you're coming in right at a time when when obviously women's wrestling whether it's on wwe independent circuit everywhere is really booming right now just kind of what's do you almost feel kind of lucky that you came in at this time and and what do you hear from some of the people who have been around longer
4: um I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? I'm so sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's it's quite alright. Uh you know, you you're coming in during the the women's revolution evolution whatever you want to exactly call it and just, you know, how how lucky do you feel that you've been involved getting in just at this time?
4: Oh, um I think like it's it's a really lucky time. Like for me to be getting involved and be at this age, this moment, this year, you know, like I think it's all just to do with, like, I'm really, really lucky. And I think any of the girls coming up right now are also really, really lucky because I've spoke to veterans that have been around for 10, 20, 30 even years, and they tell me about how much of a struggle it was for women back then. And, um, you know, and it is still a struggle to this day, even on some parts, but it's a lot easier now than it was then. And I, I think it's women that have been around for, you know, years and years and years that pushed and pushed and fought and fought for women to be treated equally that helped us get here today. And there are still problems out there. There is a lot of um, sexism still in wrestling but it's definitely getting better and women are definitely getting more respect than they used to get.
0: Alright, so now the important when we put you on the spot and, and you got to be truthful about this because I'm assuming you don't know who your first opponent is yet in the May Young Classic so you know yeah. the majority of the field at this point Honestly, who's somebody there that you've never wrestled before that you would say, Oh my God, if my first round opponent is this girl, I'm going to freak out. I will be so excited.
4: Oh man. See, that's such a hard question <laughs> because like there's so many different women. Um, like Vanessa Craven was announced today mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I've wanted to wrestle Vanessa for the longest time. Okay. Um, I, I, either like I, I don't know there's so many different girls and each girl brings a different strength so each girl would be a different challenge you know what i mean i'm going
0: to so. i'm going to give you a pass cuz you at least named one i'm going to give you a pass <laughs> for it and say we'll let you off the hook then because you named somebody so i'm going to give you a pass for that let me let me expand it though do you have a dream match period do you have something that you say in my life i need the opportunity to share a squared circle with this person either because you look up to them so much or something they mean to you is there somebody like that that's out there for you
4: um oh god (laughs) (laughs) i don't know like i mean if she wasn't i mean you never know what the future holds for me but i i don't know I'd probably really want to get in the ring with Kyrie Shane.
0: Okay. I mean, that'd, that'd be awesome. Be pretty freaking great. <laughs> like,
4: yeah. yeah. Either her or, like, Shayna Baszler. Like, I've wanted to wrestle Shayna for a while, too.
0: Man, I just, as long as you don't end up having your arm broken. Like, <laughs> <it gets laughs> Yeah, no, that would be good. Oh, man, she's such but a bad I just
4: feel like, I feel like both women, you know, especially, like, Shayna with her background and stuff, I just feel like there would be such a test for me and, like, that's what I want. You know, I want somebody to get in the ring and really push me, like make me feel like a good challenge, you know? And like, so I can learn more. Cause the only way for me to learn more is to get pushed to my limits and to get challenged and tested in all ways. And that's what I want.
2: Is that the goal for you with Tyree and Shane, obviously at NXT right now, you going to the Mae Young Classic. Is that the goal after you want to get that NXT, that WWE contract after the May Young Classic?
4: Yeah. I mean, if. If that happens, like, it's another one of those things where, like, in my head right now, I'm like, oh, man, you know, like, this is great, but that'll never happen. But, you know, if it happens, like, it's one of those things that's just going to be, like, so surreal for me. And, um, yeah, like, that, honestly, yeah, that's probably, like, the end goal at this point. Like, I mean, in my wrestling career, any other interviews, like, I'm, I'm usually just like, okay, my goal is just to travel the world and support myself and my family you know just doing this but I think like WWE is that platform where you can express yourself to where like on the indies you know you kind of you make an entrance and sometimes people know you sometimes they don't but for the most part on the indies you're just an entrance and a match where WWE you're actually a character and you have a story that people follow now I mean like Places like Evolve, I do have stories there, and, you know, that's one of the reasons that I do like it there is because I can't express more of who I am. Yeah. But uh, I like places like that where I can just expand my character and um, have, like, a really good story to, you know, grasp people.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. She's 21, and she could potentially be wrestling for a WWE contract. When I was 21, I believe I was in a puddle of my own vomit at, uh, at that point. So very similar. <laughs> very, very similar pass to this point in your okay. life. Hey, uh, uh, Priscilla, I, I, g- give me a rundown. Twitter, Instagram, T-shirts, anything like that. What can we plug for you?
4: I have Twitter at Priscilla Kelly underscore. And I have Instagram at V-T-H-E, Priscilla Kelly. And I have a Facebook, but I'm honestly never on it. I post every now and then, but it's just under the Priscilla Kelly too. Uh, <laughs> I usually post on Twitter, like if I have eight by tens, T shirts, any kind of merch, I'll usually put a tweet out like, Hey guys, I've got stuff available. Right now I've got like some eight by tens available. But if you just check me out on Twitter you'll see like any information for merch and shows and Instagram I post about merch and shows as well. So you can always see what I'm up to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, how many total piercings before we let you go?
4: Piercings: uh, one, two, three, four, five. I have I have five current, but I had two extra ones. But they got one got pulled out. Because oh. I was drying my face with a towel, and the other one, I, my dad made me take out because he said it was going to get infected, and then it grew up, and then I never got it re-pierced. That was a long
0: time ago, <laughs> By the way, when you first started that story, I was so prepared for it to be so much worse than it ended up being. Yeah. Like when you first started saying it got pulled out, I was like, oh my god, I don't want to know. Whatever it is, don't tell me. But yeah,
4: no, it, it was just it was literally just a nose ring, and I dried my face with a towel towel pulled it out and i just could not get it back in it was like a corkscrew was ringing, and i didn't have the i didn't have any kind of other thing and i just didn't know how to get it all right it back
2: in. all right not nearly at least as, it wasn't during a match right i was so worried
0: i was so worried about how that story was gonna go <laughs> hey priscilla this was a lot of fun thank you so much for taking the time best of luck in the may young classic thank you thank you very cool appreciate priscilla kelly for joining us uh aaron take me through what else we know obviously we know a lot so far about the Mae Young Classic, but take me through. We know most of the field, correct? And Do we know anything about
2: dates? Oh, yeah, we know the the, date. It's going to be taped starting next week, I believe. Okay. Uh, August 2nd. Oh, I I, I mean more web. I I meant meant when when is it
0: going to air. That's what I mean. Obviously, we know when it's taping. Do we know anything about when it's going to air?
2: Uh, No, I don't know about airing yet. Obviously, we know the finals are at uh, Evolution. Uh, The fact that it is so far away makes me feel like they are you know, it's set up to stagger out, to do once a week, unlike the full thing. But who knows? They could decide just to drop it at the beginning of September and the beginning of October. But no, as far as I know, we do not know the okay. exact uh, airing schedule.
0: Okay, it would make sense for them to pair it up, say, with uh, NXT uh, on on Wednesday night, maybe after that, or... Uh, or after 205 right Live. After ...205 Live on a Tuesday night. That would make a lot of sense for them to go that route. Uh, but, yeah, take me through the what else we know about the field.
2: I mean, the field, I, we know 26 of the 32 competitors, and it's it's a really good field with some really interesting names. Uh, some of the names that were uh, revealed recently, uh, Madison Rain is probably the most well-known to just your yep. common U.S. fan. Uh, obviously one of the beautiful people. Uh, Ariel Monroe, who's been – she was just announced – and uh, she's married to Cedric Alexander. She's getting big on the indie scene. The most interesting name to me, at least, on the list, which was announced, I believe, a week ago, is uh, Mako Satomura. She was really, she's a pioneer—not necessarily a pioneer—but but has carried the Japanese uh, women's scene for a long time now. She was actually she competed in the tournament to crown the first ever WCW Women's Champion. Um. So the one thing that's really interesting about her, she might become the last person who worked for WCW okay. to debut in WWE. Okay. All right. That's kind of wild. Like, yeah, 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 that it, It's just amazing to think of that. Right. I mean, granted, like, La Parca potentially could pop up, but you're running out of names who sure. could potentially sure. uh, pop up. But um, the favorites right now, I, I'd say uh, Io Shirai. She's kind of. Uh, in the same role, she's you know a, the huge name out of Japan. They just signed to a big contract, so she's a favorite. Obviously, Tony Storm, like if it, you yeah. right now, yeah. that's the
0: finals. Yeah, she's coming to Defy next weekend, and I'm really sad we couldn't get her on the show. We're gonna we're gonna have her opponent on. Like she's facing Nicole Matthews, uh, yeah, who is going to be in the May, the Young, May Young, Young Classic. Classic. Um, we're gonna have Nicole on next week, who's facing Tony Storm in uh, yes. in Defy next weekend. All I all I know is all I can tell her is I'm I'm not rooting for her. Uh, because if you know anything about me, there's two things to know about me. It's one, everybody knows I'm synonymous with Juice Robinson. I've been the biggest fan forever. Of course. Also, of course. for I think like six years now, I've been the biggest Tony Storm fan. I've been preaching that. about her uh, for anyone who would listen. Basically, since the time, well before, in fact, we started this show. So. It's, uh, it's weird things, that you
2: you just knew without even seeing her wrestle. I mean, I mean it's amazing. You know, you, you were the one who got her into Let's be like, fair.
0: Is, is what you, I don't, figure. you don't really have to see her wrestle, Aaron. Let's be <laughs> fair. Let's be fair. fair about that one.
2: All right. Um, but, yeah. yeah, and then uh, Caitlyn, Casey Catanzaro to get yep. that little Towson local University tie-in University here alum, and yes. Diana Peraza, Mia Yim. It's actually a really interesting field top to bottom, but if, if I had to bet right now, it's Io Shirai and uh, Tony Storm All meeting right. in the finals at Evolution.
0: Very good. Now let's touch on uh, three other things we have an opportunity to chat about, but we should, and we'll begin with one that is not a major story, but because of its ties to other things going on in professional sports, I think it's coming off as more of a major story. Um, There has been, and this is not, and not just professional sports, because obviously James Gunn is a similar situation, but in the last couple of months, and I don't know why this became a thing again, this has been a thing in the past, but in the last couple of months it seems as though internet sleuths are diving deeper and combing through everyone's Twitter history to find, try to find things that could possibly get them in trouble. Now that being said, plenty of people have said plenty of things that should get them in trouble. Yes, And uh, in particular, two WWE wrestlers' former tweets have come out. They have deleted them, but essentially both were making rape jokes. Rape jokes aren't funny. Uh, Ty Dillinger yeah. and Cedric Alexander, Dillinger in particular in 2001, sent a message to a couple of other— 2011. Uh, or, yes, thank you, 2011, to a couple of female Twitter would wrestlers. be impressive in Yeah, that would have been amazing, right? It uh, said, it's not rape if they're sleeping. Cedric Alexander, in a couple of tweets uh, in 2012, made jokes, one of which said it was not rape if you yell surprise. Mm. Now, again, I, in context, a lot of us have made a lot of dumb jokes. Yes. And a lot of us have said things to people that we are very close with that we would not say to the greater public, that we don't actually mean, that we don't actually believe, that we're attempting to make a joke in certain circumstances and would not be funny. Now, in particular, I, I again, and this is – rape is not something that I've ever found funny. I, I'll tell you, and this is just a personal thing, man. All right. Um, I, I and, and you're married. You know all about this. Sometimes at night, uh, you both go to bed, and in the middle of the night, you're like, hey, I kind of have a hankering for some sex, right? <laughs> and you end up having sex. For some reason, um, my wife once upon a time said – Oh, it's, it's like you raped me in the middle of the night. Mm. And I was mortified by her mm. saying that. I said, mm. that's not okay. Like, that's totally not. If for any reason you didn't want that, you needed. It. And she was like, no, no, no. I was, just, I was just kidding. I'm like, we don't kid about that. Right. That's not something that you kid about. That's not funny. And yet, like, one time in the future, she was getting ready to bed and go to bed, and she was like, hey, later on the night, you should come up and rape me. And I was like, oh, my God. And I know that, like, some women have rape fantasies and it's not – you
2: know, like, whatever. But, like – But it, it wasn't even – I mean, that doesn't even – tell. it was just, you know, kind of a joke. It was, Ha-ha, it was flippant.
0: Right. But it bothered me. It bothered oh, no. me. Yes. Right, yes. greatly. And I was like, dude, not okay. Not yes. okay. Um, but I know other people, again, think – would say this is so absurd. It's what – The the joke that Cedric Alexander made, it's not a rave unless you yell surprise, right? It's so absurd. You have to know that's a joke, right? Except you don't do that. Like, you just, you don't, that's not something you joke about. Um, And particularly not in social media. And again, one of the things that we're learning is that a lot of people didn't understand that social media was like a place where other human beings might see something. And certainly for guys like Cedric Alexander. People
2: treated it like Facebook
0: well even like my because, private... because
2: facebook don't over forget facebook especially you know it wasn't until probably around 2010 2011 that like everyone could come see it you had to approve people seeing it you know you had to go right. through your friend right. i understand what you're saying it wasn't until you know that little changeover around 2011 where i was like okay public figures right just follow them look
0: uh other people have received no punishment for far more offensive things and not in professional wrestling i'm saying like What Josh Hader, the Milwaukee Brewers pitcher, said is way more offensive. There is
2: a difference between what happened here and between a lot of these other situations in that, as far as we know, this is one tweet for each of them that was you know, an attempted joke that was terrible, and that's it. This wasn't a pattern of behavior that we've seen with some of these other situations. Correct.
0: Um, So um, I would assume – and both of them have come out and apologized, and that's the right thing to do. And – my gut is that's the end of it. Maybe the WWE will feel the need to say, hey, we had him take a sensitivity training or something like that. Right, in and o- I think that's in, what's going to happen. You're
2: going to have some sort of public punishment to address it, but it won't be a suspension. It'll be a something like that. It'll be a, they, you know, they go to whatever, you know, something to a char- a chair fine towards a charity or right. something like that. Right. Something along those but
0: lines. But for the two of them individually, it is probably a nothing burger. Now... The question becomes, who else has old tweets? There are plenty of wrestlers that had no idea they were ever going to be famous. And when they were younger, they might have said equally dumb things or far worse. Um, One thing is that everybody should obviously be going back through their Twitter. But, you know, more important than that, hey, maybe don't be racist. Don't be homophobic. Don't make jokes about race. That's obviously
2: the most important thing. But if there's even a doubt in your mind, delete your tweets.
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny because I found myself doing it recently, like, where I went on Twitter and I searched a bunch of words just to see, right? And I right. knew, like, there was no chance in the world that I had ever used the N-word, right? Like, I knew that right. that
2: was clearly something I
0: had never put on Twitter. Um, but you
2: might have done something flippant I, like that all, I, looks bad out well, of Well, I just
0: – I searched a boatload of them. And what I really found myself is I've used – I've said fuck a lot on Twitter, like, a lot okay. on Twitter. And mostly it was in absurd, joking types of ways, right? Like – absurd, um, oh, for fuck's sake, I can't believe the Ravens went three and out again, or something. You know what I mean? Like, something like that, right? But even that, I was like, man, you know, I do play by play for a a very religious school. Maybe I need to tone down how many times I use the F word on Twitter, right? Like, I'm kind of surprised, because I, a lot of them are recent. I'm kind of surprised that no one's ever said anything. I use the F word a lot on this show, too. Um, So maybe I need to tone all that down. But, But, you know, somebody... As we all talked about, if if somebody in WWE should probably assign somebody to start searching through everybody's Twitter oh, accounts
2: absolutely. and see what exists absolutely, out there that's the case. and
0: figure it out. By the way, if you find a bunch of racist stuff, you shouldn't delete it. You should probably talk to that person and figure out if they're a racist. If you find a bunch we'll of homophobic too. stuff, you shouldn't just delete it to try to protect your guy. You should figure out if that person's homophobic and maybe shouldn't be in the WWE, right? Like that's the type of right. thing that you should do. But these two individually – there's just not a lot there. Yes, they're they were wrong, and they're right to apologize. Um, I don't think there's going to be anything more for Ty Dillinger or for Cedric Alexander at this point. I think this is about the end of that story.
2: Yeah, and I mean they didn't. You know they obviously didn't keep Cedric off TV. He was on 205 Live last night. Grant, he's in the middle of a uh, a title feud, and yes, they are getting a title match at SummerSlam. But they you know they didn't see the need to punish him at right, least and, and right imagine, now, right? Can't yes. imagine anything more.
0: All right, quickly. Uh, we know some more news regarding uh, All In.
2: Yeah, we um, we found out. A, it is being broadcast, so that's going to be on Fight TV. We're going to be able to all watch it, and everybody is quite happy about that.
3: Uh, sure,
0: right? Like, why wouldn't you want to see it if it if it exists? Obviously, they wanted to sell it out first. Clearly, yeah. Um, but yes. once it was sold out, why wouldn't you want to
2: broadcast it? Yeah, and it's it's gonna you know it's gonna have a number. It's gonna have Ian Riccaboni as the play by play guy. It's gonna have. Um, Excalibur from PWG doing color commentary. Someone else from another independent. It's it's an interesting mismatch. Mishmash. Easy for you to say. I know, right? Uh, For the commentary team. But uh, we also know a few of the matches now um, that we hadn't talked about before. Obviously, we had kind of talked about Aldous versus Rhodes before, and there was a chance Flip Gordon could get in there. He didn't end up making it. But uh I, I, we know I still, three other matches. Like they,
0: they still have to figure out a way to include Flip Gordon, right? Oh, like Flip they,
2: Gordon's in the the it's gonna be in the yeah, show. Okay. He, you yeah. know, I mean he might take off the uh he might end up being Bernard the business bear. Like he's going to be yeah, in yeah, the show somehow. Yeah. That's what I would think. Yeah. Um Okada versus Marty Skrull. Awesome. Yeah, of course. Wonderful. Yep. Uh Joey Janela versus Hangman Page, which is there. interesting. Yeah, it's random yeah. random, but I dig it. And then here's the big one. So we have a six-man tag match. One team you could guess: the Golden Elite of Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, and Kota Ibushi. Worth noting, not Kenny Omega, but Ibushi teaming with them. That's interesting because of what it leads potentially for Omega versus the trio's team of Bandito, who you missed uh, New Orleans, but who really stole the show at uh, WrestleCon. Okay. Uh, Phoenix, awesome, and Rey Mysterio. Ah. Well that's interesting. What an interesting <laughs> that, little group. That's um probably gonna be match of the year yeah, right there.
0: That's pretty that's pretty good, man. That is pretty good. That should um, be exciting.
2: You know, I, I mentioned Omega specifically because you would have thought that Pentagon would team with Phoenix. You would have thought uh Omega would either team with the Bucks or with Ibushi. If we're getting Omega Pentagon at all in.
0: Yeah. Oh, I mean that's wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. That would be absolutely yes. wonderful, no question. All right, and uh, quickly, some, uh, some rumblings regarding The Rock and WrestleMania.
2: Yeah, um, Dave Meltzer said basically The Rock still wants to wrestle at WrestleMania. He specifically would like to do it in New York. Obviously, you know, it's a huge thing. It is WrestleMania 35, so it's, you know, they like the fives and the zeros. That's something that's in play.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, again, he can want to wrestle, and then somebody can say, hey, here's $60 billion to make a movie. And he could say, huh, that's weird. I like that more right. than I like wrestling. Exactly. Um, although, in fairness, uh, his movies maybe not as as bankable as he once was. Um I guess the skyscraper Skys- not do very. I it haven't didn't been following great. that it box not, office. It did not do great. Oh, um, uh, you know. I, that being said, he's done plenty that have made plenty of money. So I'm not all that. I'm not all that worried about old Dwayne. No. Um, obviously, everybody's going to bring up Rock Brock. Everybody's going to bring up Rock Reigns, and those would presumably be the two big ones that are kind of out there that they would want to do. Which one would they think is more valuable? I don't know. Um, He needs to stay far, far away from the title picture. That's not a good thing. There is no world, unless, you know, in in a bizarre world, The Rock has a 30-day run in him. Um, which no, I, I keep him away from the title. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I mean,
2: I, I was thinking, you know, if you want to go back to Triple H, go back to his last appearance. No, fine. No, no, the I, last, I don't want it. Do but I'm need... saying, you know, there's, if there's one two ma- You need, need one of two
0: matches. Do. Either it needs to be Rock Reigns for the family reasons, or it needs to be Rock Brock because it's Rock Brock, and because why in the f would you not do Rock Brock and just sit back and print money? Um, yeah. So, and that's neither one of those things is fine as long as it's not Rock Reigns for the title. That's not okay. But if you have Reigns either never win the title or drop the title before, then 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 I have no problem with it being Rock Reigns as being a significant match. Um, just not okay for it to be Rock Reigns for the belt. All right, uh, but we'll have plenty of time to discuss that if indeed yes. things to uh, flush out in that department.
2: Uh, all right, you're on Twitter uh, at the AO. The show's on Twitter at Jobbing Out Show. Email at gmail.com, Baltimore Sun, Rolling Stone. Uh, just kind of keep your eye out for it. I'll have some SummerSlam stuff as we get a little bit closer, so keep your eye out on the Baltimore Sun. Very good.
0: At Glen Clark Radio, Glenn Clark Radio.com for me. Thanks again to Priscilla Kelly. Uh, and thanks uh, for AJ to making the time this week. We appreciate him doing that at AJ Francis four one oh on social media. Uh very good for Aaron Oster and for the main event. Vent, 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 AJ Francis. I'm Glenn Clark. This has been Jobbing Out.